and Tom. Happy never after. Betty and Tom met in high school, married after university, and found their dream home on the first of September, just one year later. Hoping for a large family, they called it the Bunny Patch. The house was in a fairly posh neighbourhood with views overlooking the golf course, but it was in pretty bad shape. So Tom took out another bank loan and immediately set to painting and fixing it up. I think yellow would be nice. Betty helped out on some of the little jobs as Tom's assistant until the baby came, of course. Tom, I've something to tell you. Elizabeth, known to Betty and Tom as Precious Pie, arrived on their first anniversary. <laughs> of course, Betty's small but regular wage was sorely missed. And naturally, there were some economic adjustments to make. But by careful and stringent management of their finances, they coped quite well. School fees had not been in the young couple's original budget, but with an elite girls' school almost opposite the house, <coughs> Betty felt that not only would young Elizabeth benefit by special education, it would help them socially in the neighbourhood. Anyway, with extra free time, Betty was able to go back to work part time as a shop assistant, and Tom worked out a second mortgage with the bank. I think twenty thousand. By now, the house was looking very attractive. They intended to join the golf club and begin entertaining as soon as possible. But in the meantime, payments had to be met, and job and home maintenance projects took priority. Well, there's the mortgage repayments and. Young Elizabeth was a bright student right through high school and enjoyed participating in all the extracurricular activities associated with private schools. Like her friends, she had singing, tennis, and ballet lessons, and was a constant credit to her parents. Do re mi fa so la ti do. It was a shame that she never actually graduated. Dwayne, her boyfriend, who was lead guitar for a punk rock group called Second Heave, felt his chances of being discovered were greater in a capital city. So they went to Sydney just three weeks before the final exams. Sadly, the young couple proved incompatible. Dwayne became infatuated with a drummer in an all-female rock group called Bums and Tits. And Elizabeth met up with a tattoo artist called Needles. In a brief reverse charge phone call, "Hello, Mummy and Daddy. I love you very much. I need some money." She assured her parents that Needles was now the real love of her life, so she moved in with him. They never heard from her again. Betty and Tom spent many hours and a great deal of money trying to find her, but to no avail. She's a、uh... Very pretty,、um, and、um, beautiful hair, and、uh, lovely smile, and.、Um... However, without the school fees to worry about, Betty and Tom found they had a little more cash flow. This was fortunate because after eighteen years' residency, the house was again looking a bit shabby and in need of more decorating. I think a light grey wouldn't show the dirt. Being nearly fifty now, Tom found it a little more difficult to get up and down ladders. Betty too found the constant bending a real problem. 
Oh, oh, oh. The back pain she had contracted in her pregnancy had never really improved. It was therefore good to know that if they budgeted even more carefully, it would be possible for her to give up her part-time job in the local takeaway and help Tom around the house and garden. By working hard together as a team, the couple were able to finish the final painting job on the first day of spring, thus celebrating the 20th anniversary of the day they had first moved in. Tom was feeling tired after his efforts, but nevertheless the house sparkled with the new paint and the garden looked wonderful. He finished mowing the lawn about lunchtime and decided to enjoy their lovely home by having a beer. He took it out into the barbecue area and sighed with contentment, calling his wife to join him. Although he fully intended to call her name, what actually came forth was gibberish. A long guttural sound that seemed to emanate from deep within. Tom knew he was having a stroke, but could do nothing, and fell to the floor. This was where Betty found him about half an hour later. Even though she called the ambulance straight away, by the time they arrived, Tom was dead. With the house being too big for one, Betty decided to sell straight away. The real estate agent said she could have got more if she had waited, as it was currently a depressed market for houses. This was probably true because the people who bought the house decided to pull it down and put up a block of units. As soon as the units were completed, Betty bought one and moved in. Unfortunately, by now, the costs had gone up considerably, so she was only able to afford a small one-bedroom unit facing the main road. The day she moved in, she decided to go down to the corner store where she had worked when Elizabeth was small and say hello to the new owners. As she walked out of the driveway, she got knocked down by a car travelling too fast. Driven by one of the young mothers from the local school, who was late for her golf lesson, Betty died straight away, and the proceeds of her unit eventually went to Needles, who appeared to be the only living relative. You have been listening to Betty and Tom, Happy Never After, written and read by Brianda Cross. <laughs>